Welcome to the Compass Podcast, featuring Chris Shandro and the Compass team. We hope this message is just for you. I want to share a story, something that happened to me this week. Uh, so I was at home, and I was working on something in the house, and I, I remembered this really important text message that I needed to send. And so I pulled my phone out, and I was getting ready to send it, and then Terry popped in, and she, she had a question for me, and she asked a question, and I answered it. And as soon as she left, I looked down at my hand, and I was like, why is my phone in my hand right now? I don't know why I'm holding this. And I was like, what was I doing? Was I going to look something up? Because I'll look stuff up on Google sometimes. I, I love knowledge. So I'm just always just cracking an egg of knowledge over my own head. And, and I was just like, no, that's not it. And, and I couldn't think of what it was. And so I just like, you know what? It'll come back to me. I'll just go back to what I was doing. And then, you know, I'll remember. What was I doing before I had my phone in my hand? <laughs> and I was I could not for the life of me remember. And so like, because I had in my mind what I was supposed to do with my phone and then Terry's question and then what I was doing before, I, I just was lost. Has anyone ever just lost your mind in those moments? Okay, I, I don't know. Anyone ever like walk into a room and then immediately ask yourself, why did I come in here? What, what, what am I doing in this room right now? Or, or you, you find yourself at the refrigerator and you're looking in and you're like, I don't know what I'm supposed to be doing at this door right now. Am I hungry? No, I, what, what's happening? Like, I don't know if it's, I don't think it's age, really, because like, there's, young, I'm young, okay, just, I'm young. And I know there's young people in here who have dealt with these same issues of just, Having a mind that is too full, a mind that is too busy, there's too much going on sometimes in my head to keep track of everything that is going on. It's like, like when I visualize it, Miller Park Zoo has this butterfly room, right, where you walk in and there's all these butterflies flying around, and that's what I feel like my brain is like sometimes. I feel like I just visualize my mind and there's just all these butterflies just flying around, and they're all so beautiful, and they're all really important, and I just like, oh, well, let's just grab this butterfly and explore it more, and it's like, nope, and it just flies away. Okay, but this butterfly, and I just can't catch any of the stinking butterflies that are flying around in my brain, right? Is anybody, do you guys, can you relate to this? Like, sometimes our minds are just crazy busy, and we do this thing, we try to multitask, right? We try to, like, do one thing while thinking about another, or maybe doing some other task, and we, we think that we can multitask and manage all of these things with our minds, but the truth is, and science is telling us that multitasking is a total myth, okay? Our brains are not wired for multitasking. We're just not equipped for it. And some of you guys are like, oh, Chris, I'm a great multitasker. Wrong. You are not. Okay. A recent study that was done in 2015 uh, studied people in multitasking, and it showed this, that if you are engaged in an activity where you are dedicating brain power to doing it, and then you are interrupted by something, a text, an email, a phone call, a notification, something that you just do something else, even if it's just for a couple minutes or to deal with, when you're interrupted, it takes your brain... 23 minutes on average to get back to the level of concentration that you were at before you were interrupted, okay? So get this, if you are really like working on something and you take a text that only takes two minutes to mess with or even one minute to mess with that text and respond to it, it takes you 23 minutes for your brain to get back up to speed to where you were at before you were interrupted. 
Because we're not wired for multitasking. We're not wired to have all of these butterflies flying around in our minds. We're just not equipped for it. And then add to that the fact that the complexity of our digital world, it just makes this thing so much more difficult. Right? I mean, think about this. Every day we have this phone, this device with us all the time, and it's blasting notifications to us, texts, emails, messages. There's all of these things that are popping into our day, interrupting our schedule, interrupting our time. And because of that, because of the, the, you know, these digital activities and stuff that's popping in, it's like we're just constantly in the state of multitasking. It's constantly in the state of interruption. And last week we talked about um, how, how important it is to press pause in prayer so that we can deal with the kind of the busyness of the external activities of life, like dealing with just our calendars, right? Like we need to press pause in prayer so that we can manage like just the things that are on our schedule or the demands that other people are placing on us, these external type pressures. But there's this whole other level of pressure when it comes to the internal busyness, the internal things that we deal with when it comes to having a crazy, busy mind. The external stuff is very real, and and it's important that we can manage those things, but the the pressures of a busy mind, I mean, you guys know what it's like. You got so many things going on and so many things running through your head that you can't concentrate. Or do you ever, like, you find yourself, I mean, you forget things, you forget what you're doing or why you're there, or, like, you have trouble focusing on things. Like, sometimes I sit down at my desk, and I know exactly what I need to do, and I'm like, I don't know how to do this, right? I just can't, like, get, I cannot get my brain focused on just being able to do this. It also plays out, like, when we lay down in bed, right, and that hamster is just running on the wheel, and you can't stop your thoughts. Straight up this morning, I woke up at 5 o'clock, went to the bathroom, and came and laid down and went back to bed. And, I, and, and just so you know, I'm not a five o'clock in the morning person. Let's just get that out there, okay? Unless the demands of my body having to go to the bathroom wake me up at five o'clock. I go back to bed, and I like, my brain is just, and it's just all these like things popping through my mind, thinking about this, thinking about this. And I'm like, okay. And so then I'm literally laying there, and I'm like, okay, I need to squash these ideas. Just, okay, just squash these things in my head. And it's like, squash sounds good. I'm hungry. I like squash. Zucchini's good too. I want zucchini noodles and pasta. Oh man, Olive Garden's a great restaurant. How long has it been since I've been to Olive Garden? And it's just like, what is happening in my head? You, and, and I know that you know what this is like. Because we live in a world and in a culture where a busy mind is, is, the, is the normal thing. We talked about like our digital culture adding this whole new level of demands on our brains and on our minds. And it just makes things so much worse because, because the digital notifications and the dig, digital interruptions, it just causes our senses to be constantly bombarded from all directions. We just have this constant feed of notifications to our phones with texts, emails, alerts, messages, news, and then we spend all day running around work, right? And like running around, you know, taking care of the tasks that we need to do, and then what do we get home, and it's like, okay, I can stop working at home, and what do we do? We sit down on the couch, and then we turn on the TV maybe, and then we pop out our phones, and we just start filling our brains with a whole new thread of like Instagram stories, and posts, and YouTube videos, and TikTok videos, which is literally an infinite feed that you could scroll down for your entire life and never reach the bottom of. And so we spent all day just with our brains spinning 
spinning, 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 spinning. And then we go home to relax and we start shoving more stuff into our brains to process and think about. And like, if you feel like your head's gonna explode now, yeah, that's kind of the point, okay? Because this is how we live. We live in this crazy constant state of having a busy mind. And our constant engagement in the digital world, it means that our, our senses are just constantly bombarded constantly from all directions, and it leads us to this, to being in the state of mental overstimulation, overstimulation, and to where our brains are just overwhelmed with information. Our brains are overwhelmed with, with thoughts and things that we are constantly thinking about, and our brains were not wired to live like this. Our brains were not developed to live in this constant state of, of, and really what it is, of being overtaxed. Our brains are like computers, right? And like when you overwork a computer, when you have too many programs running, what happens? The computer slows down. It starts to get hot. It overheats. It just doesn't function as well as it's supposed to. Our brains are processors. And the more that's happening in our brains, the more they are spinning, the less processing power we were created to have to navigate through those things. And it makes it hard to make decisions. It makes it hard to focus. It makes it hard to remember. Why am I standing in the bathroom right now? Did I just go or do I need to go? I, you know, it's, our brains were not equipped and wired to deal with the busy minds that are nor the norm now. My son, I kid you not, I can't tell you how many times I will see him and he's playing video games on the TV and then he has his phone out and it's playing a YouTube video while he's playing the game. And then he'll play the game and then the game will come to a pause or it's switching levels and like, you can't take 15 seconds of, of no input to just wait until the game loads. You got to watch a 15-second video on, on a different game and watching someone else play a different game while it's happening. And it's just like, what? And, like, don't be judgy, okay, because it's not just kids. Because how many adults watch TV like this with their phones out and you're flipping through Facebook? Tell the truth. Liars. Everyone in this room is a liar, Okay. Because I sit at my house and I like the five of us might be watching a show and four of us have our phones out and the only reason I don't is because I want to have moral superiority over all of them, right? And you know what I do sometimes? Sometimes with my family, I, can, I will do this and it makes, it makes my wife so mad when I do this, especially if I just do it to just her. We watching a show and I'll just look over and, and she or the kids are on their phones and I'll just pause it and be like, do you want to watch something else? I mean, is this? No, it's fine. She puts her phone down. <laughs> it's like, but we do this. Like, for some reason, we have wired ourselves to feel like that if we are not constantly filling our brains with activity, with information, if they're not spinning, that something is wrong. When the fact is, is that something is wrong when our minds are as busy as they are today. Let me throw some numbers at you because I love numbers and statistics. Okay, check this out. On an average day, the average American, the average person, the average day, we touch our phones 2,617 times. You, you do that on the average day. You touch your phone 2,617 times. On the average day, we spend 3.25 hours just on our phones. And some of you guys are like, that's it? Like, and dude, like, I can see my kids' activity on Apple because I'm, we're on a family plan. I wouldn't even tell you what some of my kids' days look like. <clears throat> Seven hours. Um, but on average, we spend 2.5 hours a day on social media. On average, we send or receive 94 texts per day. So, okay, think about this. Let me just break it down in a way that we can totally grasp. In a 24-hour day, right, 
Like, we, let's assume we sleep for eight hours a day. So let's just assume there's 16 active hours in a day, no breaks, just doing work for 16 hours a day, and then you sleep for eight hours. If you took the time, average, that we spend on social media, two and a half hours a day, and you break it down per year, it means this, that we spend 57 16-hour days on social media every year. That would be like saying this, at the beginning of the year when January 1st hits, that would be like saying, I'm just going to spend all of January and all of February doing nothing but being on social media and then sleeping for eight hours a night. That is how much time we spend on social media a day. And I want you to know this, I'm not talking about it being a waste of time, but I am talking, well, you know, but I am saying this, like we are filling our brains and our minds are just constantly moving, constantly going. And we, and we do this from the beginning of the morning. Like, alarm goes off, ugh, boop, 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 boop. And it's like, input, 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 input. And then it's like, oh man, it's time to go to bed. I'm, bump, I'm wiped out, let's crash. And we bust our phones out, boop, 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 boop. It's just input, 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 input. And our minds are just spinning and busy and working in a way that they were not designed to and they were not equipped to. And one of the biggest casualties of having a busy mind is related to our spiritual lives. Because I believe this, one of the biggest casualties when our minds are so overworked and are so, are so busy is prayer. Prayer is one of the biggest casualties when we have busy minds because it is very difficult to pray when our minds are spinning and when our minds are going. Because think about this, how can I talk to God about what's going on in my life if I can't even organize my own thoughts enough to really understand what's going on in my day? How can I sit and talk to God about what I'm doing and what's happening and what I need him to do in my life if I can't shut my own mind down, right? How is that even possible? Or um, how can I find the words to pray when I can't even like, make sense of the thoughts that are in my own mind? Like, have you, ever, have you ever sat down to pray, and you're like, I got so much going on in my life, and I really need God to move, and it's like, God, I just, um, oh, Lord, will you just, I mean, just do something. I, need, I know I need a thing, but God, just, will you just, you know, <laughs> because we're so busy, it's hard to boil everything down. How can I remember what I need to ask God to move in, in my life, and how do I remember what to pray for other people when I seriously, I can't even remember what I wanted to get out of the refrigerator. And so because our minds are so busy, our prayer life suffers because we can't, or how can I, how can I even communicate something to God that makes sense if I can't even make sense of what's happening in my own mind right now? And, and listen, we, we know this plays out in our mind in prayer because it plays out in our minds, you know, every day. You know, how many times have I sat down with all the things spinning through my head and I don't know how to make sense of it and I don't know how to just get it all out and I don't know how to organize it to deal with it or to process it all and what do I do? Candy Crush, <laughs> Facebook feed, YouTube videos. And so the solution to our crazy busy minds is just detachment. And I just have to detach from all of that stuff and the way we detach is by putting more details, more thoughts, more input, more data into our already swirling and spinning brains, and they just weren't created to do that. And how can I bring order to my chaotic mind enough to talk to my heavenly father in a way that makes sense to him and me? 
So today, I want to talk about this. Last week, we talked about organizing the externals of our busy life and how prayer is a part of that. But today, I want to talk about the impact on our prayer lives of having too busy a mind. And I want to share with you uh, what I believe is a a really important spiritual focus that we need to have, a a discipline, something built into our lives um, in order to deal with the curse of having a busy mind. And so I want to share two stories with you out of the Bible uh, that will shed light on this for us a little bit. And the first story is from, from the Old Testament. It's from the book of Exodus. It's when the Israelites escaped from Egypt, okay? The Israelites were slaves in Egypt for about 400 years. And then Moses came on the scene, and he led his people out of slavery. He, he, he was able to convince Pharaoh, with God's help, to let the Israelites go into freedom. And so the Israelites fled out of Egypt, and they went as fast as they could to try and get away from that land. And as soon as they left, Pharaoh started to have second thoughts. It's like, all my slave labor force is gone. He's like, oh, I made a mistake. I should have done it. And so he gets his whole army together, and he sends his army out to recapture the Israelite slaves and bring them back to Egypt. And the Israelites have been on the run, and they they find themselves on the banks of the Red Sea, an impassable body of water. And when they're there, they realize, looking behind them, that Pharaoh's army is just over the horizon pursuing them coming to bring them back into slavery. And in Exodus chapter 14, verse 10, this is where the story picks up. It says, as Pharaoh approached the Israelites, looked up, and there were the Egyptians marching after them. It says, they were terrified, and they cried out to the Lord. And they said to Moses, was it because there were no graves in Egypt that you brought us to the desert to die? What have you done to us by bringing us out of Egypt? Didn't we say to you in Egypt, leave us alone, let us serve the Egyptians. It would have been better for us to serve them than to die in the desert. So the Israelites, they know this is impossible. We're trapped between a sea and an army that wants to take us back. We're trapped between certain death and slavery, and we're just, we're stuck. And all of these things start swirling through their minds. What, sh- what should we do? What should we have done? These are the mistakes we should have made. I wish we'd never left. And what do we do now? And it's like they're just, this chaotic state of mind is overwhelming them. And this is what Moses said. It says that Moses answered the people, do not be afraid. Stand firm and you will see the deliverance the Lord will bring you today. And the Egyptians you see today, will, you will never see again because the Lord will fight for you. You need only to be still. Now, of all the things that Moses could have told the Israelites to do in this situation, I mean, think about what, what he could have said. He could have said, you know, we need to run. Pick a direction you know, that doesn't take us into the water, and let's just try to outrun them. They'll probably get some of us, but maybe some of us will escape. He didn't say run. He didn't say fight. He didn't say, let's, let's try to get whatever weapons we can, or try to just, we, we, it's either fight or die in the situation, right? He didn't say run or fight. He didn't say, you know, let, let's, let's increase our level of activity to try and figure out a solution. You know, we're stuck in this spot. We're trapped. Let's just try to work our way out of it somehow. Let's just brainstorm. Let's, let's figure this thing out. He didn't say anything like that. In fact, Moses just said this. He says, I want you to stand firm and be still. And this is what happened. It says, then Moses stretched out his hand over the sea, and all that night the Lord drove the sea back with a strong east wind, and he turned it into dry land. The waters were divided, and the Israelites went through the sea on dry ground with a wall of water on their right and on their left. So faced with a chaotic impossible situation. 
Moses advised the Israelites, he said this, you need to stand firm and be still. And they saw God do the miraculous. And here's a principle that we need to grasp and we need to understand if we are going to see God speak to us and we are gonna see God move in our lives and bring us victory and we are going to be able to press pause in prayer in a way that's transformative for our lives. And that principle is this, is that God is attracted to stillness. God's attracted to stillness. He sees it in our lives. He sees it in our hearts and in our minds. And he's attracted to it. He comes and he speaks into our lives and he moves for us. Check out this other story. This is, uh, this is hundreds of years later. Israel has become its own nation uh, and it's actually split into two nations, the nation of Israel and the nation of Judah. And Jehoshaphat was the king of Judah at this time. And there were three enemy armies that said, we need to wipe this nation out. We need to join together, band together, and we need to take them down. And so these three armies banded together, and they formed this one giant mega army. And Judah had no, there was no way they could defeat this army. Impossible. So the king, Jehoshaphat, calls his people together to pray. And they ask God to help them. And this is what God said. This is the instruction that God gave Jehoshaphat and the people. God said this. He says, do not be afraid. Don't be discouraged by this mighty army, for the battle is not yours, but God's. So tomorrow, march out against them. You're going to find them coming up through the ascent of Ziz at the end of the valley that opens into the wilderness of Jeruel. But you will not even need to fight. Take your positions, then stand still and watch the Lord's victory. Don't fight, don't run, don't scramble, don't engage in a bunch more activity. No, stand still before God and see what I will do. And this is what happens. They gathered together and, and they stood still and they begin to worship God. They begin to devote their attention to God. And at the very moment, they begin to sing and give praise the Lord caused the armies of Ammon, Moab, and Mount Seir to start fighting among themselves. The armies of Moab and Ammon turned against their allies from Mount Seir and killed every one of them. And after they destroyed the army of Seir, they began attacking each other. So when the army of Judah arrived at the lookout point in the wilderness, all they saw were dead bodies lying on the ground as far as they could see. And not a single one of the enemy had escaped. All the people of Judah did, all the, all the Israelites did was just stand still. And God fought this battle for them. These three armies, out of nowhere, just started fighting each other until they completely wiped themselves out. And all God's people did was stand still. Now, these two stories, these are physical battles, right? These are, these are real armies, you know, fighting real armies coming against us. But the truth is, is that the principle is no different for us today. Because in reality, our battles all begin in our minds. Today, the battles we fight, the things we struggle with, all begin in the chaos of our minds. They start right here. And the principle that will bring us victory in our lives is exactly the same today as it was hundreds and thousands of years ago. In Psalm 4610, this is what, this is what the writer says. It says, be still and know that I am God. Just be still. 
still. God is attracted to our stillness. When we can find that place of stillness before God, not at a place where we have to fight our own battles, not at a place where we're trying to work through everything in our own minds and just try to bring it to some sort of conclusion. When we can find that place of stillness before God, he's attracted to it and he moves in our lives. And the thing is, like, our minds are swirling around like tornadoes, and this is what we do. Everything's swirling around our mind, and it's like, okay, God, there's a gap right there, and it's gonna come back around. It's gonna come back around. And maybe, like, God, if you could just jump in through that gap, maybe you can get in here, and then you can be part of this swirling tornado, and you can help me with all this stuff. And God's looking at that, and he's like... Slow down. But when we can find a place of stillness before God, when we can quiet the storms of our mind and get a place of stillness, it allows God's Holy Spirit to be invited in. He steps into our lives and begins to speak to us. And it's not that God is not speaking to us all the time, and it's not that God doesn't want to move in our lives all the time, but it's how could we possibly hear what God has to say when we listen to God the same way we watch TV, through a cloud of notifications and a cloud of posts and a cloud of stories and news articles and, 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 and menu options. And God says, I'm speaking, but you can't hear because you just haven't decided to be still before me. So we have a little chihuahua, her name is Minnie. She's a jerk. I mean, she's, she's straight up just a jerk. And so like, if you came to our house, um, Andrew knows this, he hates Minnie. So, you know, I'll just tell you the straight up story. Andrew will come to our house. He was here a couple weeks ago. He came in our house, he knocks on the door. And when the doorbell rings or the knock on the door comes, Minnie's just, arr, arr, just barking crazy. Like, Shut up, Minnie, stop. Arr. She keeps going. So we open the door, Andrew comes in and he's like, arr, and he's like, oh, it's okay, it's all right. I'm, and he's like, I'm comfortable around dogs, you know, it's good. And, and he's like, arr, arr. and Andrew's like, you know what? I'm just gonna be your friend. I'm gonna reach down and tries to pet her. Arr, arr. He's like, okay, I'm not gonna do that. So then he walks in the house and she's following him. Arr. She's biting his pants, biting his shoes. Arr, arr. And like, here's what happens when Minnie's like that. If you come into our house, most people are like. I want this dog to like me because she's really cute, okay? She's a jerk, but she's really cute. She's like an Instagram influencer, okay? <laughs> really attractive, but probably a jerk. Um, so, <laughs> I hope there are no Instagram influencers in the congregation. So, but here's, so like she's super cute and everybody wants to like, like be her friend. And so like you think, you know what? If I just do this, It'll make her like, if I can just get down and pet her, she'll realize I'm her friend. Or if I can just give her like a treat, like a, a bone, you know, then she'll realize I'm her friend. Or if I can just baby talk her in her little face, oh, you're so cute, then she'll realize I'm her friend. And it doesn't matter what you do. She hates you, okay? She doesn't want anything to do with you. It's just, ah. So all your activities to try and make her like you will not work. There's one thing that works though, and that is this. If you come into the house, if you sit down on the couch, and you take a soft blanket and put it on your lap and just wait. I kid you not, a minute or two will pass and she'll see that blanket and she'll run and she'll jump up on your lap and she'll curl up and lay her head down on you like she is your best friend in the world. It's crazy. It's just you sit on the couch and do nothing except have a blanket on your lap and all of a sudden, she loves you and she's just totally with you. All of your activity to make the dog like you will never work. Sit still on the couch and she's gonna jump on your lap and be your best friend. Now God is much better than my dumb dog, Minnie. 
But a lot of times, all of the crazy activity of our lives, it just pushes him out of the picture because God's attracted to stillness. God's attracted to our stillness. And all the things that we're messing with and working with, and we try to invite God into the chaos of our lives, like, God, just come on in and just, you know, grab a stool right there. I'm doing this. I'll get to you in a second. And God's like, I'm just going to hang back. But the second we just kind of sit down, put a nice soft blanket on our, our lap, God's like, all right, let's talk. Let me help you. Let me, let me get involved in your life. Let me get invested in what's happening in your life and what you're doing right now. You see, when we carve out a space of stillness in the chaos of everything else that's going on in our minds, it's an invitation to God's Holy Spirit to move in our lives. It's an invitation to God's Holy Spirit to begin speaking to us. But it's an invitation that we have to make. God can move in our chaos. God can bring restoration and healing and transformation and change in the midst of our chaos. But he's attracted to our stillness. He speaks to us in the stillness and in the quiet. So this, this week, and, and here's the thing, I'm, you're not necessarily going to leave here today with like a do this practical thing necessarily, because really what today is, today is just a setup to this week's 21 days of prayer daily devotionals, because this week what we want to do is we want to equip you with, to begin engaging in some practices and disciplines that will help you develop stillness in your life. And so, so really the takeaway from today is... Go read the devotional today and tomorrow and the next day for 21 days of prayer so that you can begin developing this discipline of stillness in your life because we desperately want you to experience and encounter God. We want you to be able to hear his voice. And what's amazing is this, is that as we begin the disciplines of stillness to quiet our busy minds and we invite God in, God begins addressing the issues, the very things that are making our minds so crazy to begin with. And it's like spinning a flywheel. It's like we begin addressing the stillness of our mind and God begins to equip us to better address the stillness of our mind. And we begin addressing the stillness of our mind and God begins dealing with the issues that are causing the chaos in our minds to begin with. And and then peace begins to well up and be developed in our hearts and in our minds. And so this week we're gonna be talking about some, some disciplines to develop stillness. And one of those key disciplines is this, I'm gonna talk about very quickly, it's It's fasting. And I want to invite our church this week to fast with us. Now, fasting traditionally and traditionally biblically is fasting food. So it's, it's going a day or a set a period of time without eating. And so maybe it's a day, maybe it's three days. Maybe for you, fasting is I'm just going to fast lunch or breakfast. And you take that time to devote to prayer and focusing on God. And there's nothing magical about it. It really is just kind of the submission of a physical appetite to God and saying, God, I have this appetite, this thing in me that craves and wants something. And just for a short period of time, I'm going to submit that to you and and almost symbolically feel a a greater hunger for you as I I push aside the hunger that my body is feeling. That's kind of what the, the physical act of fasting is when it comes to food. But fasting doesn't have to just be food. There's all sorts of appetites that we have that we can submit to God and we can fast. And I would encourage you that perhaps fasting food is not the type of fasting that you should engage in this week. 
And I would encourage you maybe this week, the thing that you need to fast is that. Maybe you need to fast the thing that is creating all of the activity in your mind, all of the input, all of the distractions, and all of the interruptions that are making it hard for you to be still and know God. So maybe this week you can fast social media. For me, I kind of am grossed out by social media, and so I don't really do that a lot, but for me, this thing is still tether. Like, I hands on a Bible, I read like every news headline like that ever hits the internet in a day. And so for me, I'm just shutting down all my notifications. I'm not gonna look at any news headlines. I'm not gonna let any of that stuff touch me. I'm gonna stay away from it. And I am just gonna, I'm gonna fast that. I'm gonna put it aside. Why? Because I wanna quiet my mind. I want those butterflies to just stop and rest and find a place to sit so that God can come in. Because when God picks up one of those butterflies, he sets it on his finger and then he places it on yours. It's like, okay. This is beautiful and it's amazing. And God, you've equipped me now to manage and take hold of this thought and what's happening and spinning in my head. And God can bring victory into our lives when we do that. So whatever it is, whatever you fast, maybe for you, you're definitely gonna fast food this week. Maybe for you fast, it's a, a social media fast or an internet fast or a straight up YouTube, TikTok video. You know what? Whatever it is that you just keep scrolling through and you just keep hitting next on is probably the thing that God's asking you to put aside so that you can quiet your mind and be still before him. And it might be that for some of us in this room, that the thought of not eating for three days is way less terrifying than not checking Instagram stories for three days. And if that's you, you know what you need to fast this week. So as a church, let's do this. Let's develop the discipline of stillness. Let's see God speak into our lives. Let's see God bring us victory and fight the battles for us. And let's see God quiet our minds and move in our lives. Thank you for joining us at Compass. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you have any questions about Compass or this message, contact us at our website, www.compassbn.com.